Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that brings you inside NRG Stadium, right across the hall from the locker room in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm Mark Vandermeer. This is Texans All Access. We have John Harris, Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu to start it all out. Somehow we all gathered here together today to be with you this evening during your ride home, and I'm thrilled to do it. What can I say? And I think these guys are too. Are we all thrilled to do it? When you said gathered together, it made me think of... <laughs> we are gathered together. It made me think of the Prince song. Reverend Vandermeer. Oh. Yeah, maybe maybe think of the Prince song. Can I get uh, an amen? Let's go crazy. Let's That's go. Think about. Mark's got weddings on his mind after JJ Watt got married. That's well, why he's saying we're gathered here and together. And Titus Howard and Kaimi Fairbairn. And Titus Howard and Kaimi Fairbairn. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's where he was going with that. It, on Valentine's Day weekend, no less. Mazel tov to those guys. All right, so did they get married because it's Valentine's Day weekend or because it's the off season and this is like okay. one of the only times you okay. can do it? Or, or President's Day weekend, I'm also going, a long weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm going into this. I'm going into this whole Valentine's Day thing. First of all, Valentine's Day is the worst made-up holiday there is. It's the worst. Sad. It's the absolute Wait, wait. How worst. does Mrs. Harris feel about she this? She feels the exact same way. Well, I would, then you're you lucky. You know I'm not saying anything on the radio <laughs> that she's not going to like. Uh-huh. She thinks the same thing. She's <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's bogus. Yeah. It's a bogus holiday. But then when you get married on Valentine's Day, mm. you just made it the most viable holiday of all. Well, it's good because it knocks out Valentine's Day and you get the anniversary. You know, one, it's two for one shopping, although everybody else is shopping during those moments and it's harder to get a reservation at the restaurant of your choice. That's that's all I'm going to say about that. Just plan plan better. Plan, oh, really? Plan yeah. way ahead. Yeah. Get get the resi in. Just plan better. No, yeah. you, you need to get married on February 15th. Like, my sister-in-law's oh. birthday is February 15th. She can get into any restaurant in town on her birthday. Well, I yeah. think technically everybody's already Everybody's already no. done it. Nobody but, Nobody's going to take their date on February 15th. But if you nice get married February 15th, then you have to get the anniversary thing and the Valentine's Day thing. Well, I'm not complaining thing. about that, Mark, and that's not okay. really my hey, problem. Hey, speaking of reservations, have you mm-hmm. made the reservations for Monday for the state? Yes, okay. yes, in Indy. Oh, okay. Yes, that's on how we Monday. <laughs> Our favorite joint in Indy, and it's not St. Elmo's, which is a legendary steakhouse, which we've been to many times. It's a great times. place. This place is even better. Which by, gra- which, by the way, on the end of the lap, Drew tells a story about a steak, a, a, a place in Indianapolis. Which we shall not name. That we shall not name. That found a way to put a sauce on Drew's steak that might be the worst ever. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, really? Worst ever. Wait, they should have the- just put, like, motor oil on it. <laughs> it was you know, terrible. Like, Why are you ordering sauce I remember on that. steak? Was my first- I, you know, because I was, I, I saw, first of all, I saw their options, and I was like, what? I'll, you know, I always get the ribeye. I always get the New York strip. Mm. Let's, Ugh. hey, let's try something uh, no, new. No, 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 Let's no. try something new that's not salmon, because no. you're, you're not allowed said. to order no. fish at a steakhouse. You, if you do a sauce, you do it on the side. Always on the side. I know, especially I know. for a steak, because it doesn't make any difference. And right? they always one put too time, much. It was one, oh, well, yeah. this was. You got to do just a little bit if you want. Yeah, mm-hmm. they dumped it, and I think mm-hmm. on top of the sauce that they put in there, they're like, let's add, it, it said it was a peppercorn. Peppercorn sauce. Uh, like uh, basting, and I think all they did was just they, they took a pepper shaker, <laughs> unscrewed it, and they went, boom, yep, they just dumped there it you over. Go. Yeah. yeah, they always make it sound better than it is. Just Not horrible. always, but some. Anyway, uh, getting everybody hungry on your ride home, so I hope you're uh, on your way to a nice dinner. Maybe some of you are on your way to third shift work. Who knows? But let's talk about some things that did happen over the weekend. Yes, J.J. got married. Titus Howard got married. Kami Fairbairn got married. Three Texans getting married. I didn't know about Fairbairn until I came into work today. I don't know. I don't follow him on IG. I saw Titus yesterday. And, of course, you could not, you could not <laughs> escape the, the megawatt hype of his marriage. And was she working out and he was videotaping? Yeah. Videotaping. And yeah. he was 
taping that yesterday or today. It was. I thought Recently. I saw it yesterday. Yesterday, she, she was, was working out yesterday because her season's got to be starting up soon. Oh, was it okay? Yeah. My there. There are so many posts. They're running. The, was that the three? Yeah, they're the, running together. It reminded yeah, me of. Yards it reminded yeah. me of when Nolan Ryan used to pump out no hitters when mm-hmm. he was at the Rangers late right. in his career. You'd see. Uh, you'd see the no hitter, and then you'd see the the photos and the video of him. With Working like the out, ice yeah. pack on his shoulder yeah. as he's lifting weights or or running or doing a, the treadmill. That's a man's man right there, yeah. Nolan. Father Ryan. time ain't slowing down for none of us. Yeah. Hey, so, uh, so so a few things here, and in no particular order, uh, we all like log on to Pro Football Talk, whether you're on your desktop or follow it on Twitter. And uh, yesterday he had a thing about Rob Manfred, how if this happened in the NFL, the commission would be gone already, and I'm not so sure that would happen. Because the NFL hasn't exactly been praised of its handling of of things that quote well, go ha- wrong. It has happened. It what the uh, Spygate? Well, I mean, Spygate. Yeah, I don't think this is. Uh, I, I think Spygate is not as bad as what this is. Okay. It's, now it's it's, it's, it's definitely videotaping stuff mm. for later. Okay, not for now. Like oh, they're gonna call this right now. Uh, in real time. So, you know, we can debate that back and forth if you like. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. This thing continues to be discussed, of course. Uh, any inkling on when this is going to go away? How about never? Because the season's going to start, and then you're going to have it brought up in every city. Oh, it's com- It's coming up all year long. Yeah. I mean, it's coming up all year long. And then if they make the playoffs, then it's going to pop up in the playoffs again. Uh-huh. When they have a bad game in the playoffs, you're going to hear about, oh, no trash can banging today. Yeah. No buzzers today. You're going to hear, like, every single instance. The only thing the Astros can do this year to really quiet it is to play at a level that they've never played at before. It won't to, quiet it. It won't quiet it. it and it still it won't, won't, won't quiet, that won't quiet. I don't, it. I don't think that'll even do anything. I know, I, but that'll be yeah. that's about the only way that you can at least limit the noise a little bit. You know, oh, you guys lost to the Giants tonight. Oh, okay. And then you win nine straight. Then it'll be like, oh, okay, I guess we can't really say anything. But yeah. if if they just if they've played as they've played the last few years and just play at that particular level, play take it up even another notch. But all these, I mean, Altuve is gonna ha- he's gonna have to hit three forty, three fifty for people to not well, to go do that. Uh, you, I mean, Altuve will hit for a high average. But the second that Bregman or Springer or somebody struggles, right? You, we're gonna hear all about which that. has Articles. happened, by the way. It has happened before. Oh, it I, can I, I think you're right. I think Drew brought up Spygate that you still don't forget about it, and they've won multiple Super Bowls since then. So multiple championships might not make this go away for the Houston Astros. You could make that case. You know what? It's it has always pissed me off to no end that the Rockets two titles get oh, written Jordan. off by a lot of people. <laughs> Jordan wouldn't play it. Yeah. Well, like what's going on now with the Astros puts that that's that's just like yeah minuscule in comparison. But yeah. you know it does galvanize a fan base. I think like with the Spygate, the mm-hmm. Patriots fans, mm-hmm. like it was like them against the world. Yeah. yeah. And anytime ESPN wanted just even a fan video from a, a Patriots fan, they're like, "No ESPN, because you're all about Deflate Gate." <laughs> you know. So I, I do think that outside of Houston, I mean, everybody's just attacking. It galvanizes the media. But the but. <laughs> it does. The media, does. the media is all on one side. Yet the yes, national media. Well, I mean, the, the no, the national media, not not Harold Reynolds. The local, well, Harold, well, Re- but Harold Reynolds it, was bringing up a good point about Altuve in the jersey. Yeah. How he didn't well, go. He in just showed it. proof. See, that, that's the whole thing in these arguments. It becomes you read a headline 
and you see what that headline is and you react to the headline. But if you read or go back and watch, and you, that just defeats your, your anger. Like, wait a second. Harold Reynolds played two minutes of a video showing that everything said about Altuve mm-hmm. having to do with the home run he hit against the Yankees was completely and totally false. So as soon as something, i.e. evidence, shoots down your narrative and you sound like an idiot for bringing it up, then all of a sudden you sort of kind of back down a little bit. And mm. and that's what the national media will, you know, they'll just find another way around it. I still don't, like, the biggest thing I took from that video is why why the hell didn't they just put Altuve on base and pitch to Marisa? Yeah, I didn't get that. I still don't. I had forgotten because we were on the road that yeah, night, yeah, and I yeah. kind of missed all that. I was that. saying the same thing. And like, I saw why it yesterday in the Reynolds. Yeah. You know, no, that's you what made no pitch, sense to me. Pitch to Marisnik. You know what? Golly. I don't understand. I don't understand why it's not like football. Why doesn't Why doesn't the manager just put? Why isn't there an earpiece microphone situation with the pitcher where they just tell him what pitches? You make too much like, sense. Why you would we not just do much. that in the just do an earpiece? Just do an earpiece. Call the play, call what, the pitch. You don't have to worry about signs. You, you, you don't have to worry about two, changing signs. You got to be in two people's ears. Who's? The catcher's got to know what's coming. Right. Fine. You ever try and catch a cr- So Okay, so you put it in the catcher's ears and a batter standing from me to Drew away. You don't think a batter might pick that up at no some point? No way. If I've, if I've got earbuds in, I can listen to Def Leppard <laughs> cranked up. <laughs> you won't know that. Uh, actually, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. The crowd's hold on, going no, no, crazy. No, 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 what are you going to hear? Mark, mm-hmm. Mark just brought up a, a false point. He what? says when, I, when he has Def Leppard cranking in his ears, you can't hear it. And that's total BS because I can sit across the aisle Mark, from you, you do three listen. seats back Very on the bus loudly, yes. to and Thank from you. the airport. Oh, wait a and second. I hear everything. These really? things yes. that we but wear. But I don't play Def Leppard, so you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, so that well, part whatever you're playing, your Led these, Zeppelin. These yeah. microphones right here, or these headphones right here, yeah. whenever you get on one that Mark has been on, it, it sounds like you just, hey, Drew, start talking. <laughs> oh, Mark. <laughs> how, about, how about this? Use There's buzzers. no way you could do that. Use legal buzzers. <laughs> all right, we're gonna use legalized buzzers. We're gonna, sh- we're gonna shock your shoulder yeah. to let you know. Look, there's a hey, there's, there's a, way. a way to do and, it. And I'll tell you this, uh, and I haven't read everything on this, but as far as cheating goes, if I'm gonna cheat in baseball, why wouldn't I signal? And I, you know, these guys could wear whatever they want, right? The base coaches, you know, he could be totally wired. One of these guys, right? And then, or both of them, because you have left-handed, right-handed batters, and the batter looks at the base coach, the one he's lined up with, and he can give the old Drew Doherty wink. People don't know that Drew, when we're doing TV, if he's giving you the profile view, he'll wink with the eye that the camera can't see, meaning <laughs> shut up, it's time to go to break. But that's so how they, it's traditionally been done. When you've, when you've picked signals, that's where it traditionally comes from. My dad was our first base coach. He would pick signals, and he would then use voice commands to tell us. Right. And we would change up how we did it. He would change up at certain times. He would say a certain word we looked for. Or there were times where if he said something to us, it was mm-hmm. one thing. Or if he was silent, it was something else. And if he didn't know, he would just start clapping. I'm sure McLean has told the story about the Oilers and the Chargers, 1979 divisional playoffs, greatest professional football win in the history. When the Oilers went up there, Giff Nielsen had to play quarterback. Everybody was hurt. We all know the story. But you know the story about the defense for the Oilers being able to tell what was coming, whether it was run or pass. That's all they could tell because Dan Fouts, if his foot was pointing out, it was going to be a pass If it, when he was under center. If his foot was pointing straight forward, it was going to be a run. And I forget who, uh, maybe his culp on the D-line would say, Army, Army, if it's going to be a yeah. run. Air Force, Air Force, if it's going to be a pass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how the Chargers don't pick up on that. Hey, every time we're going to throw it, <laughs> well, they're saying the Air Force. Maybe we should figure out what they're looking at here. Just like... You know, just like the the garbage can banging, what I don't get is 
how does that last longer than two batters? Yeah, if I'm because the opposing you, manager, I'm like, thinking, what is hey, that what is going racket? on here? I'd come out of the dugout and say, what, stop that. What are you doing? Yeah, that, you- that's what bothers me about this is everybody supposedly knew it was all going on, and yet you still were using sig- single signals to even when somebody was down at second base. Right. Like, if you knew what was going on, hey, look. These guys know. Listen, that drum—they're doing something. Yes, I don't they're know what doing is. something. Go to multiple signals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you not, at the highest level of baseball, have some other way to not tell pitcher? Now the whole the whole uh, in your ear thing. I, I mean, I, I find more issue with that than maybe other people will. But to have multiple signals, that's the easiest thing you yeah. can do. Hey, we're going on the second signal. I show you, or when when it's the. The, when there are two outs, we're going on the third signal. Whatever. But you can go with multiple signals like you see them on, when the guy's on second base. How about this? When you shake you me off Johnny, after the second Johnny, batter. what's your issue with the earpieces? Just out of curiosity. I just think, I just think the batter can sit there and hear it. But, but what, what if, if he, what what if if he the could? catcher's wearing a watch or something that, Bose that that's Bose noise-canceling headphones. What if there was a way to circumvent the, ca- the catcher the, having to hear something in his ear? The, where the catcher the has hear. to hear it. Right. Yeah. No, but there's a way to signal to the catcher without him, someone saying well, then, it in his ear. What if you could do it, John? Would you be okay with it, or is this a baseball there's... purist thing? It's a baseball purist thing. I that's, knew that's it. What I, I just, knew just it. wanted you to say I it. I knew it was a purist. Just, just wanted say you it. to say it. Just you say are, it. Listen. Mark and I <laughs> when you're pit, when, when you're <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of the jury. Now, what you Not could that there's also, anything wrong I mean, with that. Basically on the witness. Now, here's the other thing you could do if you wanted to get wild in baseball. What? Is you let a player call it. What do you mean? Cal Ripken used to call every game for Storm Davis. When Storm Davis lots, pitched. Well, yeah, lots of Orioles Cal, pitchers. Yeah, yeah, call, yeah, he did it. I knew it, it did it for Storm. It rubbed a lot of people Storm, the wrong by way. Wait, wait, yeah. so he would call it. He would the call, catcher he would that signal, relays the signal to the pitcher. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or he would he tell the pitcher? Well, the catcher's got to know, as you yeah. said. He would He would signal the catcher, and the catcher He'd would He'd go over it. ahead of time, too, with these guys. He'd go over like the whole knew, lineup. He knew their their background. He knew which guys, what they hit well. Yeah, he was kind of like. But, but he was into analytics before yeah, that was. He a, was. That was labeled. He would a thing, bring out really. a notebook. Storm told me he said Storm had not beaten the the uh, uh, Indians. They Corey Snyder, Joe Carter, and Storm said that Cal came over. It was his, it was Storm's first year back with the Orioles. First year they opened Camden Yards. He said it was in April and he hadn't beaten the Indians. And he called Storm over and he's like, "All right, look." And he pulls out a notebook and he goes through every hitter. He goes right. through every hitter, every situation, all nine guys he was going to face. And went through the game, and Storms was like, whoa. And Cal was like, look, if you want me to, I'll call the game for short. He goes, I'll just signal catcher. Catcher signal you. We'll go from there. And Cal was like, and uh, Storm was like, oh, yeah, you're going to tell Cal Ripken no? Yeah, right. And so he did. He threw a four-hit shutout for eight innings, ended up getting the win, one of his first wins against the Indians, and it was all Cal. He just went through every – and he was. He was all – he was into analytics before anybody was. And or before nobody, it was nobody like figured those out way. somehow. Came from shortstop, and they figured him out. All right, you guys hang out. We've got quarterback carousel news. We do. It's coming up. Texans All Access. And continuing with the program that takes you inside NRG Stadium, Mark Vandermeer, John Harris, Drew Doherty, and DP City with Texans All Access. And quarterback carousel news, Drew Brees says he's back. I don't think that this was a shocker. I think the real shocker would have been, I'm not back, right? There is another report out that Tom Brady is being set to get a huge offer from the Oakland Raiders if he indeed hits the market, because he still has to hit the market. The league year does not officially begin until next month, so the Patriots can re-sign him at any time if both parties agree up until that, and other teams can't have anything to do with him. 
But it's going to be interesting to see if he does hit the market. Any thoughts on Breeze? Any thoughts on this Raider report with Brady? I, I'm not surprised about Breeze. I felt like the way the season ended for the Saints, he's he's going to take some time to think about it because mm-hmm. it just ended the way it did. I think that's what put some doubt in some people's minds that maybe he's not coming back. But it just seemed like he's got his health. He's got everything else. It was just more of a mental, you know, mentally it's very challenging to come back mm-hmm. after losing the way that they did on the final play of the game the last two years. But I think with Brady, I'm just so perplexed that they're letting him hit the open market because then they have to – they have to match or they have to beat whatever price the open market says. Unless Why it gives not? them another hometown discount. He's not going to do that. You don't think so? I feel like he's done with those days. <laughs> he's done it for two decades. He's so done it too long, so they, they need to show him the money now and say, please don't look anywhere else. We want you back. But or, that's the biggest fallacy in all of this. That's the what? biggest fallacy in signing players is that you pay for past performance. Oh, yeah. You should be paying for what you think he can do for the next couple of years. And that's what complicates things because mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy that's 43 now. I think he's yeah. 43, 42, 43. Going to be. So, I mean, to pay a guy a pass, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. When people talk about Deshaun and, and uh, Patrick Mahomes and obviously Lamar in a couple of years, it's about what those guys can do going forward. So right. it's great what they did. I mean, it's, it's been great that Brady, for all those years, that's on him. That's on him for taking under market deal, but it also helped him and helped his legacy because they were able to sign guys to add to him because they had some money to pay him. But you have to figure out is two years, sixty million dollars worth it for a forty-three-year-old? I mean, if you if it's, it's Brady, maybe it is. But it is might it? be. It might be Johnny. But he's healthy, Johnny. I mean, it's it's an open it's capitalism. He this was, is a free market. He was he was healthy this year, and I will say from a physical standpoint, there was really no physical drop off in Brady. Wow. But well, there dude. really wasn't. Just watch him well, down the field. you just said it then. I, yeah. But for the Patriots, here's the other thing. Mm-hmm. The Patriots' way of doing business, how does this not surprising? How is this not surprising? Have, because the, have the Patriots ever paid top of market for anything? Mm. What about their special teamer, Matthew Slater? What about him? They, they've, they've extended him. Yeah, it's year Matthew Slater. It's, you're paying a special teams guy. But why you're not pay- your quarterback? You're paying the face of your franchise. You're paying Matthew Slater, a guy that has been around for a long time. You're paying him probably the same you would pay what a, a third or fourth wide receiver. Top dollar a, for him is not that much. Well, yeah. but they don't do. Top, but what I'm nothing. saying is they don't do top dollar for anybody. But they made an exception yeah. for him. So why? Because yeah, of what he meant to the locker room. Hit. But it, well, but it doesn't hit financially like well, it would. Well, what's going to yeah. happen if Brady walks? I mean, what's the there's a huge the page, drop off. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a drop off anytime you go from a starting quarterback to a backup, unless you're in Tennessee where it was the other way around. But yeah, there's there's obviously going to be a drop off. But the Patriots have always said, "All right, well, Mike Vrabel's leaving. Okay, I, who's yes. next?" Who's next? Oh, there's Rob well, Ninkovich. Okay, Ninkovich, come but, on, you're but next. There's, there's got to be an exception to that. Or that's got to be Tom Brady. It's got to be Bill Belichick. Those are the. There's got to be the exceptions. To well, that. so so DB, your point is they have to resign. They have him. to. They don't have an option. Well, here's the other thing. If they well, don't, they've got options. If they don't, what do they do? Is it Stidham? Do they go with a totally inexperienced guy, or do they go on the market and get and pay someone I don't else? Know, find a Matt <laughs> Castle on the market. I don't know. What would they do? What what they're talking about this stuff. What would they do if it's a walk situation for Tom Brady? Ooh. And I do think that they would pay Brady an awful lot. If Brady is willing to come back, they're going to give him more than they've ever given him before, which I guess isn't saying much. It'll be over Bill Belichick's but, dead body. But I do think there's a good market out there for Tom Brady for a two-year deal. I really do. Well, what, and if that's the case, the Patriots are paying it. 
They're not paying it because base and you're just saying based on the past. I agree, they're not. But 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 even in this one instance where it's like this is the last hurrah. This is it. What have they ever made an exception? Tell me. I know, but what have they ever made an exception for? Anybody. Mm. I, I Anybody. They haven't needed to, though. He right. is the exception. And he's made exceptions. Exception. He's 43 years old. I think this is not like 34 year old Brady. I know. I know. This is 43 year old Tom Brady. Crazy. And I, I mean, like I said, I didn't see a, I didn't see a physical drop off from him. Mm-hmm. But and and I do down deep. I do feel like the Patriots will eventually. He will go back to the Patriots because for every other team, it just doesn't make any sense. And so I think the Patriots are actually sort of sort of playing this perfectly in some sense is, okay, see what the other teams are going to put out there. Because in the end, you're going to be Tom Brady going to the Las Vegas Raiders, two years, $60 million. Okay, look, money, he's made enough money in his lifetime that the money isn't going to be the biggest factor other than the fact that I think he wants to be shown the respect and maybe the money, you look at the money and think that's how respect is being shown. But to Two years is pretty much what you have left. You can go to the Raiders to do that. Mm. What team can he go to for the next two years and feel like there is a really, truly viable chance of winning a championship? I don't think the Raiders are there in the next year or two. I do think of one team, and I don't even want to bring it up. I, I don't even want to bring it up. Are they in this division? Colts or the, the Colts. Titans? Yes, the Colts. <laughs> Colts are the, the Colts. <laughs> now, that's the, that's the one. More the Colts than the Titans. Yeah. That's the one. But which, now, which division for him in whatever situation, Brady with the Colts, Brady with the Raiders, Brady with the Patriots, which division is the, quote, easiest? It's the AFC East. It's the AFC East. It still is, even though you have without, Buffalo without it, doing yeah. much better. Right. They still haven't beaten you, and the Jets are the Jets, and the right. Dolphins are better, and they just beat you their last game of the regular yeah. season, but whatever. Still the Dolphins. They're still the Dolphins. It's AFC East. I mean, look, that's why I think everything leads back to him going to New England, mm-hmm. but I think looking at them thinking that they'll make this exception because it's Brady. Now, the person who might make the exception is Robert Kraft, and that's why I said over Bill Belichick's nah. dead body. Yeah. If, if RKK gets involved in this, okay, all bets are off now. Right. Now and all how, bets are and off. And how could he not? How could he not get involved in this? I agree with DB. How could he not, Johnny? This is his franchise. This sure. is it. The, I mean, I know it's his. But it, it is. It's Tom Brady. Now, maybe okay. Belichick has full control. That's in, Him in or his me. contract. Pick one. <laughs> That's what Belichick could do. I'm just saying. Him but or me. He, but I'll take the year off, and I'll go take the Giants job when Joe Judge flails out. Let, let me ask you this. Which one? Why did they do a better job? I'll go take the Giants job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? If there's one franchise. He loves the Giants. He would love yeah, to coach. He loves that family that owns them. Yeah. That's well, got to be it. What not, would be even better? Now, what would be even better what? is if he said, okay, Robert, him or me. Uh-huh. He goes, well. I got to go with my old quarterback, and Belichick's like, I'm out. Adam Gaze gets fired on the spot, and Belichick becomes the Jets coach and then beats the Patriots twice. If he wants to be the Jets coach, I don't know if he'd want to be the Jets coach. No, he probably wouldn't. No, I don't, I don't think would, so. But it would be. There's no love lost There would be a nice full circle if that <laughs> happened, and he went back to the Jets. Yeah, it would. Well, I think the Giants are the fuller circle. Well, no, the, the Browns. No, the, the Browns Jets. is what I was going to say. You should go back to the Browns. No, but he never he never <laughs> took the field with the Jets, but was the head coach yeah. for a day with the Jets. That's why I feel like go back to the Jets. He's still upset that he had to be the uh, head coach while, Par- while Parcells was the consultant for a few days before Parcells <laughs> could take over as head coach and do pretty well with them. I mean, I just I love all this drama. This is great. But if I'm Robert Kraft... Look, I want them both, and I think somehow he finds a way to keep them both 
involved mm-hmm. in this deal. The one thing that they're going to have to do regardless, and this is where I think it's tricky for him mm-hmm. and, and for the Brady and I think for the Patriots too, and I'm not sure what the Patriots cap situation is, but they need to find him help. Why did they do it last year? And, and then well, they don't pick up guys I, that seem to make sense for them, well, like here, Ryan Griffin. Here, Well, yeah, that, I, I don't know why. I mean, the Jets, a nice deal for them getting, getting Ryan Griffin in that situation. But I don't know if they felt like they were pretty sure Gronk was coming back or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know what they thought with that. But they're, they're going to have to spend some money because the one thing that they have not really done is draft receivers well. I mean, look at the receivers they've drafted over the years. And, and I've gone through this history before. It's not very good. Right. So they're not going to get him in the draft. I mean, Nikhil Harry might turn into a good receiver, but he really wasn't that last year. Their better rookie receiver was the undrafted kid, Jacoby Myers. So what, where they've made their hay is on signing free agents. Well, now they got to sign a free agent, maybe two at receiver to help Tom, and they got to sign Tom? Uh, that's to help whoever's playing quarterback, by right. the way. Because they don't want to become, all of a sudden, the Jets or the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. And that's what they might be with Stidham throwing to whoever, right? Right. they got to figure this thing out. you've got more money to spend on receivers to bring in if you Mm -hmm. have Stidham versus Brady. But the the problem is, because they don't draft well, they have this formula of going out and finding free agents that were top prospects back in the day, but they have all these Mm off-the-field issues. And that's also not working. Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, none of these guys have worked out for them. So when are they going to stop doing that? They need to find more like... Well, yeah, they need to find Chris Hogan work. Chris Hogan. They need to find those kinds of guys. But that's what they keep searching for. But what they really need to do is just to go back and. But they haven't even really done that, though. They haven't done it well. No, they haven't even really done that. They haven't even gone out and found those players. I mean, the fact that they drafted Nikhil Harry when they. I was like, they drafted the receiver? This is weird. This is not. This is not really like them. They usually draft them a little bit later. But thing is, this is the year you could draft some receivers and, and be fine with it. But it takes so long to learn that particular system for rookies. They just they struggle. And I mean, if they, you know, Gronk didn't because Gronk just dove right in and, you know, kind of picked it up on the fly, as did Hernandez, which I don't know what that tells you. But but they they, they just have a lot of issues because either they're going to have to devote a ton of draft resources to wide receiver or they're going to have to pay a bunch of free agents and have Tom coming back or. They move up the draft board and go draft a guy like Jordan Love. Now, that would be scary. We, we played more likely to happen yesterday, but did we address it this way? With the AFC South, is it the most likely thing that only one team has a change at starting quarterback from where they basically ended up, which is the Colts? Would it be the Colts? Will it be the Jags with Minshew in all likelihood? Will it Obviously, the Texans have Watson and maybe Tannehill resigns in Tennessee. Is the Colts the most likely team to have a new quarterback in 2020 starting like week think, one yeah i i think yeah i'm asking that question because i think starting I think, the bulk of the games maybe can i word it like that bulk sure. of the games i think you could go with jacksonville i don't know that you can really mm. hand the keys over totally to gardner Minshew. what 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 about Foles? Foles is still under contract as we speak do they get out of that deal does he i don't, I don't know if you can trade him because the contract is so big and Foles is dead D-E-D, dead. Well, that's, that's it, w- there's been a situation where a quarterback with a pretty hefty contract Gets traded. was traded before. But that administration no longer exists in Cleveland. Well, that model <laughs> but the, <laughs> that model still exists, though, so it could be done. It if does. That's I mean, they if they somebody to wants go. to buy a draft choice, which is basically what that was, right? They were buying yeah, a second-round pick. That was pick. essentially what they did mm-hmm. without well, – they couldn't say it mm-hmm. for the CBA. Why don't I you mean, send Foles to it, New England? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, listen, Foles was good in Philadelphia because why? 
because, first of all, Doug system. Peterson, good job, and, and system was good. But he had three running backs he could rely on with Garrett Blunt, Jay Ajayi, and Corey Clement. He had Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar. He had Zach Ertz. He had Dallas Goddard. He had all these players around him, and he had one of the better offensive lines in the league. He got to Jacksonville. He didn't have that, and what happened? Who's the most Belichickian quarterback potentially available on the open market for, the, for New England? I mean, is it a trade with Derek Carr? Is it, I mean, <laughs> Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers <laughs> with Bill Belichick. That would be Sign me up for that all Very or nothing series. Oh, it would be fantastic. But what's, he had, what's he had, five quarterbacks? You've had what's Brady, it? you've had Bledsoe. Who do you have with the Browns? Uh, Vinny Testaverde. Vinny yeah, Testaverde. Vinny, Vinny so played three, well. basically. If you, and then if you want to throw in Garoppolo and Brissett, that's I mean, about it. What know. about Teddy Bridgewater? He's going to uh, be a free agent. Why not? Why not? Because the trend of quarterbacks is heading in a different direction anyway. Teddy, so make, Teddy get, makes sense. Doesn't he make sense? I mean, Teddy, Teddy makes sense. Here's the thing I, I would imagine that they'll argue is, and, and this, is a, this is a valid conversation that goes on in the room, like, okay, we drafted Stidham in the second round. Wait, when the, I can't remember they got him. Third, fourth round maybe? We've had Stidham here for a whole year. He's extremely cheap, and he knows our system versus a guy that might be physically a little bit better, but we're going to have to pay a whole lot of money to get because there are going to be some teams that want him, and he doesn't really know our system. He'd be new to all of us. Which one is a better situation? If Belichick is worth his salt in coaching, he would adapt his system to fit his new quarterback, and I think he would do that. He Well, they've always given their quarterback. He's always given Tom things that are going to work. He's always added things to the offense when he had Randy Moss they had they took more downfield shots they did mm-hmm. a few different things right so they've always adapted the offense but they're they don't have to adapt the offense with Teddy Bridgewater they really don't no, they don't it's they just don't. they can run the same offense it's they not would like they're running Cam. a bunch of they're not running a bunch it would of be a little stuff. it would, would be a little bit it would be a little over camp yes yeah not for Teddy Teddy can run the same but offense you think Teddy would be the exact Teddy's same? not a, not the highest dollar open market quarterback, right. but it right. is going to cost some cash. Right. And it's probably money that they don't want to pay. Right. Exactly. Let's just be honest. So Especially for somebody that doesn't know their system. Right. I mean, they're they're not going to want to pay a lot. Tannehill, if he's not in Tennessee, they don't want to pay for that. And they know him better than anybody because they've studied the daylights out yeah. of him. Actually, he's had success against them with Tennessee and with the Dolphins. Yeah. How about that? They might be in love with him. I mean, often teams fall in love with people who have success against them. I mean, the thing about it is they can either pay 25 million uh, i don't know maybe teddy bridgewater's not that much but teddy's gonna get paid what, what does jacoby Brissett get paid in, in uh, indianapolis two years 30 million so that's 15 million they're gonna have to pay 15 million plus for a quarterback jeez plus the receivers are gonna have to bring in or just give brady 25 i mean come on it's that. the best bet for them exactly. all right what do you have right, now drew i know you have an exciting podcast going yeah on. we had some fun we had john and i did in the lab today we uh Covered some no, I didn't. Numbers. I wasn't talking about that podcast. I'm telling you both, oh, man. Okay. Uh, we covered. We co- I know. No, I know. In the last He's like, that's not the interesting part. Yeah. Yeah. You just called well, you chopped well, liver, John. What's wrong with you? We tell the story. We had some combine memory lane, but uh, also we had Owen Conflenty. He's a morning news anchor, as you know, over mm-hmm. at Channel Two. And uh, he's also a Texan season ticket holder, so talked about his 69 jersey and many other things. Okay, cool. Deep. I feel like I cannot top that. Okay. But we got a story. I've got a story coming out on HoustonTexans.com. It's probably already up uh, now as we speak, but about Duke Johnson, some interesting interesting stats about him and, and what he learned about himself at the Combine. Very nice. All right, coming up, Johnny and I break down a position group known as the tight ends. It's coming up on Texans Radio. 
As promised, John Harris remains with us in studio here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio at NRG Stadium. Mark Vandermeer with you. And Johnny, position group breakdown, the tight ends. Now, tight ends in the history of this franchise, a very notable position because a tight end caught the very first TD in Texans history, scored the very first touchdown of any kind in the preseason game against the New York Giants Hall of Fame game in 2002, and of course the opener against the Cowboys. And some good ones have rolled through here. The era with Owen Daniels, pro bowler, along with Joel Dreesen, Garrett Graham, who's still on the market. We see Joel from time to time. And then the odd season, I'll say this, the last four seasons have been really interesting, if not weird, with the tight ends. Because in 16, you had C.J. Fedorowicz and mm-hmm. Ryan Griffin combining for the greatest tight end season ever yeah. for this franchise. Both over 50 catches each. Yeah, that was incredible. With Brock Osweiler unwilling to throw it to anybody other than a tight end <laughs> that year. Yeah. And Fedorowicz had the great catch against Indy, and Griffin had the one against the Packers, yeah. and whatever. So, in 17, we had the great drought going into week two with virtually no tight ends and Evan Bayless as a guy signed just basically as an additive. Right. And they played that game against the Bengals on the road primetime, won it to Sean Watson's first start, no tight ends, basically. They didn't use Bayless in the game, as I recall, right? One play. One play. One play. Very good memory. I remember that. That's 2017. 2018, it's the Jordan year. Yeah. Right, because they drafted two tight ends. Jordan Aikens in the third, Jordan Thomas in the sixth. And Jordan Thomas has four touchdown catches to lead the tight ends, and Aikens looks pretty good as a rookie, and there you have it. And then this past season, they draft Kahale Waring in the third round, and we thought, what, you drafted a tight end? Ryan Griffin is still with the team at the time they right. draft him. They got the two Jordans. They signed Darren Fells, who we had no idea. We, we had no clue what he was going to do. None. It was all speculation. And we thought, you know, blocking tight end, probably, I mean, is he going to make the team? I mean, right. who is this guy? But they draft Waring. He ends up not playing at all on IR. Could have come back, but they were doing well because yeah. Jordan Akins was having a good year. Thomas ends up on IR. And Fells is a revelation. So I just find the last four years to be really interesting, if not weird, at the tight end spot. I That's probably a good way of putting it. Weird. Yeah. Odd. That's I, I didn't think about it like that. I mean, Fedorowicz, it seems like a thousand years ago, but after 16, I know he had the concussions, yeah. and that's why at yeah. the time you're thinking, this guy could really turn out to be unbelievable He's about to you. be our Gronk. Like, right. That was the way I remember. I remember in the playoff game up in New England, he has the touchdown catch, and I just remember thinking that night coming home, just after we lost the game, I'm just kind of thinking, okay, what's coming back at 17? Oh, man, J.J.'s coming back in, in 17. I didn't know, but didn't think about the quarterback. I didn't think Deshaun would be the guy. But either way, I was just thinking about the game, and I thought about Fedorowicz. Is like this dude is on the verge. He's on the verge. That was the fourth year. He had just signed a three-year deal. Mm-hmm. The next couple of years, he's going to be a superstar. And then has the concussions in seventeen that effectively end his career. And you think, okay, now we're kind of back to square one in some sense with the tight ends. They go out and get both Jordans, as you said. But I think with this group. I mean, Darren Fells changed everything last year. I mean, what they were able to do with him to have a guy who was that good as a pass protector when he needed to pass Mm -hmm. protect, who could run block, who had pillow soft hands and caught the ball. I mean, there was only one catch I remember. I think it was the Buffalo game that you felt like, man, that was a catch he probably should have had. I think it was on a third down play maybe. I think it was an overtime on the first drive. But either way, 
he was just such a revelation. I mean, he sat right over there and was like, yeah, yeah, they joke with me about being a left-left tackle or right-right tackle. And then the guy catches more touchdowns in a season for a tight end than, than any other tight end in the history of the team. It's just kind of bizarre. Wearing, to me, excites me because I, I watched him at the very end of the draft process last year. I had seen him at the Senior Bowl, or uh, I'm sorry, at the uh, Combine. And his numbers at the Combine were just sick. They were just ridiculous. They were so, so very good. And I, I was like, man, whoever gets this guy is going to have a player on their hands. But he was one of the last players I actually studied for the Harris 100. I just, I don't know, wearing, he, I, didn't, I didn't expect him to declare. Right. So I finally didn't get around to it until the very, very end. And I'm watching this guy. I'm like, oh, my God. This guy's like a mini Kelsey. This guy's amazing. So when the Texans drafted him, I'm like, "Holy cow! Yeah. What are they? What are they doing with this position? This is this is off the charts good. Holy smokes! How are they going to keep all these guys? The wrong word is happy, but how are they going to get all these guys on the field together? How's it going to mesh together? But wearing, wow, this guy's an athlete. But now you've got third year for Jordan Aikens, Jordan Thomas. Mm-hmm. Wearing is essentially going into his rookie year. And then you got to decide on on Fells. Now, if I'm Fells, I'm like, hey, look, I've got this really nice year on my resume that shows all the different things I can do. Now, some people and some teams might say, well, you're more valuable to the Texans and what they did than you would be for us. Mm -hmm. So maybe there will be some teams that won't be interested. But I would think there are going to be some teams interested in Darren after the one, you know, signing a one year deal. New England, anybody? Yeah, don't even. Oh man! <laughs> why? That, well, that was, why? tight end drought. Yeah, that's true. They they need a tight end badly. And this is not a, this is not a great tight end draft. This is not a great mm-hmm. tight end draft. So, uh, well, I, the position in college is becoming a little bit of an endangered yeah, species, right? Th- this is true. But I'm trying to remember last year's class. I feel like last year's class was really really good. This is this is just not one of those years. So you're going to have to get one through free agency. So that. Probably will mean more teams will call Darren Fells. We'll want Darren Fells. Hopefully that's not the case. We'd love to see him here. But you've got the two Jordans and Waring who you know those three are coming back. And I just can't wait to see what we have with Waring. It's kind of like this, you know, the, the toy has been sort of wrapped in cellophane for a whole year. And you're like, I really kind of want to break it out and see what we have. But obviously because of the injuries, you couldn't do it. So, all right, well, let's get to, you know, let's get to training camp. And see what we really have with him, and I and I hope it doesn't turn into one of those situations. Um, you know, the tight end from NC State, the Texans drafted uh, Anthony Hill. Was that who it was? Yep. For and I saw him at NC State, and I thought this guy's going to be a good player, and I thought it was a really good draft pick, and they just could never get on the field. You know, Benny Jopru was that guy. You know, I was waiting. You know, couldn't get on the field. I didn't bring him up in the early going of this conversation, but he was a second round draft choice. It was a really good in player. the Jason Witten draft, who was taken in the third round, but nobody yeah. knew obviously. And Jopru was a higher rated prospect. Jopru was a really good player. Yeah, I mean, a really got good hurt player. a lot. He did. He just couldn't stay on the field, and I, I hope that's not the case for Kali, but. Oh, by the way, guess who essentially redshirted his first year when he was in Kansas City? Kelsey. Yeah. All right. Well, I think it is a redshirt year for wearing. He could have yeah. played. He could have come out of IR, could have come off of IR at some point. But I think if, if they you, were going good at tight end, and right. that was not something they were willing to do at the time. Remember, you've got to declare him as one of the two, and they did bring Jordan Thomas off. Right. 
Uh, they have to declare him as one of the two that you can bring up IR, and you're going to have to wave a guy from your 53-man right. roster to make room for him. And that was not an issue for them last year for most of the season. It really right. wasn't. I mean, they had other things that they were focused on, and clearly they went through uh, defensive backs, and they traded for Gary and Conley and Vernon mm-hmm. Hargraves, who was let go recently, of course. Uh, a lot of stuff happening um, on the back end, and they just had to do what they had to do. And tight end was not uh, a focus, if you will. It made sense to bring Thomas off because – he had done so well the year before, knew the system, caught right. the four TDs. I know he didn't do much once he came off IR, but right. I, I don't think that that's a big problem. No, and I the, the thing about Kyle is I wonder if at some point just to get him out on the field, if J.J. had been healthy the whole year mm. where there was not a possibility of bringing him back, if that possibility didn't even exist. Right. If they had done it, would would they, they have, have thought about bringing Kahale back? Now the question would be, or into the flow in the first place, right. not even really bringing him back. But well, go yeah, on. yeah, you're right. You know what you mean. No, you're exactly right. Getting 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 him reps so that his first rep out on a field isn't as a second year rookie, basically, mm-hmm. to kind of get some of those uh, initial um, reps. You know, get those under your belt so you kind of know what you're going into the offseason. He still doesn't know what it's going to be like to be an NFL player. But I know this. I'm excited to see what he does as an NFL player. I know that. How did I not mention James Casey's name? Only because oh, we he saw was, him at the Senior Bowl. Yes, and he's a, a local, I'm not going to call him a local hero, but, right. you know, he's a local guy, played for Rice. Right. It was fun when he was drafted because he was just down the street and he yeah. could come to the press conference, even though he was a fifth-round draft <laughs> yeah. choice. He was readily available yeah. to attend the media gathering on draft weekend, so that was pretty cool. Anyway, Johnny, thanks a lot for joining us. You got it, Mark. Thank you. All right, tomorrow it's draft Wednesday. Wait a minute. Any early indicator nope. on? Oh, it's nope. going to be a surprise it's draft a surprise Wednesday. One. That's what surprise. we do. That's, I knew you were going there. That's the surprise. Wednesday night meal. We cook up a draft for you. It's going to be fun. And don't forget, one week from tonight, we will be broadcasting from the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. Can't wait for that. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. And go Texans.